you're doing magic, Tom. Yeah, well, it's not this word what, magic with a K. Yes. What the hell is that? What 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 are you trying to what are you trying to pull on people? What is this? What is your con here? Oh, that's a good question because there's a book from two psychi uh, psychiatrists, psychologists. It's called The Structure of Magic, and it's just a C. And this and and this book it's it's a bible of uh, neurolinguistic programming, and it's basically about linguistic speech patterns and therapeutic means. And so, and they called it. They they wrote this famous book in the in the in the seventies or eighties or I don't eighties late late eighties. Hmm. And they called yeah, it I have that book. And they called it the structure of magic. It's a, it's a it's a fantastic book. And I was it's like two volumes, okay. right? Yeah, exactly. And I was like, yeah. that's interesting. So, but I don't want to, I just don't want to copy it straight away. So I put a K after that and called it a view into the ecology of psyche because I'm less concerned with the esoteric aspect and the linguistic aspect, but more like, okay, so how do we create um, the experience of self and world um, in the first place? You know, so, so the ecology of of psyche, and it's 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 a so so that's the train I'm 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 running. And that you know? was co-written by Bandler, and it was part of exactly. the neuralistic neuro linguistic programming. Right, yeah, yeah. right, right, right. This is Which how to pick up chicks, basically. So that's they, the whole they point. made it out of this. Yes, mm -hmm. the the pickup community like learned their tricks from from uh, from that. From Bandler, mm -hmm. yeah. From these linguistic maneuvers. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what's the relationship between Bandler and Crowley's with magic with a K? Yeah, well, I mean, I think Crowley just, uh, in. I mean, there's a, certainly a Kabbalistic thing in the K, but I think he also mm -hmm. did like to distinguish it from the, you know, the uh, Aeon of Horus, no, Osiris, which is magic just with a C, to the more, you know, postmodern kind of K kind of thing. And so he just wanted to uh, indicate this new eon, the eon of 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 Horus, which is, you know, a more phallic approach to to all of this. And phallic, I don't mean necessarily mean like a genital phallic, but more like metaphysical phallic approach to magic. And so that was the reason why he put a K behind it. And by metaphysical, you know, uh, phallic, you mean the will, I think, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the, the the predominance of will and it's not so yeah mm -hmm. uh, so he in in his mind the the last two thousand years were you know the age of Osiris the dying god with a with a paradigm of love basically you know and so everything mm -hmm. is you know and 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 in his view and it's it's not and so I mentioned this in episode two because uh, when I talk about the will because there's the whole substream of you know Mithraitic cults that were all always kind of you know um, based on the idea that Mithras was changing the paradigms of the of the cosmos every two thousand years and the image of uh, Mithras and killing killing the bull is him being steering the cosmos into the age of Aquarius basically mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so and for him for Crowley it was like after these two thousand years now the age of Horus and 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 the will and love under will that is like love. Uh, being guided by will and and will being softened by love in a kind of way um that that age starts now in in, mm. in, in so that in, is in a way that's kind of like individuation or something like that as well isn't it or i mean that's the age of individuation rather than so so i i i'm, I'm just trying to relate this idea of will is like you're individuated when you are in a creative process with the world uh, rather than you are just the, the big, you're just sucking on the tit of the world. <laughs> right. Right. And so you have like from Robert Keegan, the, this uh, concept of self authorship, right. Yeah. And so which, which roughly maps to an integral or meta modern or whatever stage, like, like the stage where you like autonomous and you like, uh, have like this self-critical not self-critical in the sense of you know your, your bad father but it's like you are like uh, able to observe your, your narratives and perspectives and kind of kind of put them in the right place you know and, and steer that whole thing and and be self-authoring in the sense that you don't just copy the ways of you know what is traditionally 
being offered by society, but you know, you can create your own life. And so this is also the idea that permeates the idea of will and 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 um you know self-authorship after after modernity, let's say, you know, and so you have the idea mm-hmm. of individuation and 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 maturation and and all of this. Yeah. And, well I was thinking recently about um Thinking recently about, uh, you know, this this again this this paradigm shift thing and 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 what it entails, right? Right. And um, and again, the image of the falling towers comes in very strong here. Mm-hmm. Um, that that the towers that are erected of the old aeon suddenly start to come down and you know you know you could use september 11th as a kind of metaphor for that right and then this reveals all the horrors right but also it also lays the ground for for a new a new world yeah uh, you know i'm speaking metaphor like metaphorically i mean we're talking metaphorically in a sense when we're talking about these 2000 year cycles and you know we can take that as literally as we want we could talk about the kali yuga and I don't know if you, you know about the Kali Yuga. Have you studied that a bit? Like the, where the Kali Yuga is an interesting time because it's the end of one cycle and the beginning of the other. So it's the end. It's the end of the cycle. You can see the new, the new world sparkling through in the collapse of the old. Yeah, that's Which interesting. Kind of feels where we are at. Yeah, it's like interesting because you mentioned, you know, the 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 twin towers, or you alluded to them, because it's like Francis Fukuyama spoke of the end of of history, because you know, it's like okay, we have found like a stable way of 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 you know organizing ourselves and democracy, and that was like when did you write it? End of the eighties, beginning of the nineties, and then of course there was the twin tower and the the fell and of the towers, and and you know, showing that indeed the history is not at its end you know and and well, signif- one one epoch is at its end one one movement of history might be at its end which would, would be a better way to interpret the thing one yeah. cycle of history is at its end and the new cycle is kind of beginning and so what i what i mean and i think like that would you know in in reworking all that I, what i have written and for for this kind of series what kind of resonates again with me is like the distinction between okay so there's this world you know the objective world which you might uh, measure physically or whatever mm-hmm. uh, and uh, then there are like our interpretations and you know the you know our our experience of of the world and ourselves and the, that there's a difference you know that you know the i think the old age and if you have like a modernistic kind of thinking so the old age is that you think you live in the world you know, and that your senses create a more or less, you know, true representation of what the world is. And that was like the modernist kind of paradigm, you know, that we lived with in the last 2000 years. And what I was mm-hmm. trying to, and, and then in the in the end of the 60s, 70s, there were like Kubernetes and systems theory and Maturana and Varela that kind of showed, oh no, uh, the nervous system is creating its own realities independently of uh, basically independently of what uh, uh, photons uh, enter our, let's say, the background of our eyes. So there's like an autopoietic mechanism. And so our internal representation, also psychologically speaking, Luhmann did this like 20 years later that he applied autopoiesis to consciousness. That's like, okay, now we're creating a world and this world that we're living in, that is, we are structurally coupled to the physical world, but we we can't talk about uh, we are in the world, you know, and so what, what Maturana said, we're not in the world anymore, we are with the world, the mother, the world is not our mother, we are not in a cave, but she is more like our wife we are dancing with, right, and so it's like this idea that, oh, that's nice. Yeah. there's an idea that there's a big difference between the, you know, the the idea of we are in the world and we represent the world on our senses and, oh no, we, are, we can't re- really leave our realm of cognition. Mm. And this realm of cognition of how we construct our, our, our notions and ideas of self and world 
this is this is a complete construction that was like this constructivist thought um, from Maturada and Varela and system theory that you know started the paradigm shift from 2000 years thinking of oh no that that is the real world we don't have yeah. access to the real world that's the crucial point here that i'm trying to make that we only have access to our let's say constructions you know that that we have and 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 when yeah, i think I still about... i i still resist that slightly I, I i i somewhat resist that slightly because 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 it's it's removing all essentiality from anything right And I'm not sure. So I, so I, so I agree and I disagree. There's, there's a way in which I disagree. I, I don't know how to say that, but there's a way with which I, I feel that that's still in the postmodern realm of lack of essentiality of anything. No, it, it doesn't. It, no, it sounds like if it's a bad thing, but it no, it, it adds some other essentiality, namely the predominance of psyche and consciousness. It just, you know, it's okay. a different. So, but it's like not everything that postmodernity and that kind of shift happen is necessarily bad because like everything that we know stems from Kubernetes and system theory. Like you can take 80, 90, 95% of everything that, that Ken Wilber wrote and find it in system theory. Oh, like I agree. Yeah, yeah. And so, mm -hmm. and so like our whole thinking, uh, like uh, even the idea of emergence that comes from from complexity theory and name or, or, and systems theory so like that that kind of thinking permeates permeates everything that we that we're dealing with it just says that no psyche and the nervous system are constructing their own reality that isn't that isn't uh, solipsism because it argues you know the the classical systemic uh, system theoretic approaches that you know the worlds and the systems are kind of structurally coupled you know or coupled um, mm -hmm. But it doesn't. But you can't leave your realm of cognition. You can't. You can't partake in the production of my thinking. You can't. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Okay. Or can you make me think? But, but is there? But there is there a certain pattern that we share together that between us that is that is is um, that has universal qualities. Yeah, we we can dance with each other, like verbally yeah. or you know or you know uh whatever sure, um sure 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 yeah we have... well i mean when, when you were talking i was thinking about okay the change is like from being in the cave uh, we're not in the cave in my, so that is the world where of let's say uh um of the middle ages where you are a child of god kind of thing right yeah and the, the reference point is god not you um in a way, the ultimate reference point is is God, and then we move into the Renaissance and humanism, where the ultimate reference point becomes you, <laughs> right. your world, and then and then we move into like say 19th century, or or we move into like like um, impressionism and cubism, where where we're deconstructing once again this uh, and and the quantum quantum fields and, and things like that. We're deconstructing once again identity. Um, to be something that is is uh, is malleable, um, and that is is so. So you you are not separate from. You're not the child of God. You partake in God, or you are dancing with God, or you are you are a dance partner of God. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, or you're you're a so 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 yeah. That 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 that's how I see it. And those movements, um, and so. Um, so, so, but but with all of those, all of those stages, there's a pitfall, right? Mm. And in the first stage, the pitfall is 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 that you're just sucking on the, the big tit of God forever, and you yeah. never develop any identity whatsoever. And then the pitfall of the modern age is like, okay, you 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 believe only in your 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 limited human construct. You know, you're you're kind of like it's kind of like Anne Rand or something. It's like it's like, yeah. Um, that you believe you believe only in in, in in individuality and then you move into the next period and it's the next period is sort of like you can fall very easily into nihilism so I, I guess my question is how if we lose if if we if we deconstruct everything and we see that well, we're only you know within subjectivity pure subjectivity or, or whatever then how do we not fall into nihilism nihilism I, or nihilism i mean 
first of all, uh, deconstructivism is not the same than constructivism, right? Constructivism is something, you know, like a cell does construct itself, you know, it creates... Okay, it cre autopoiesis and construct, got it, yeah. So, and then you have you have to see that, okay, so what happened in, in, the, in the end of modernity and the beginning of postmodernity? So let's, let's, let's say two things. Uh, you know, the, the, because we're talking about magic. So there was like Crowley happened and Nietzsche happened and they were happening at the same time. And so what Nietzsche basically said, or like one thing he said was, okay, like a philosophy of of somebody primarily says something about the originator, the philosopher himself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because yep. it says something about his biases, about his perspectives and all of this. And this is, this is, basically the same idea it's autopoiesis yeah. and so you have to see that if you if you talk to people that talk about the state of the world you know let's take russell brand because he's such a popular figure he kind of forgets that he's talking basically about his perception of the world he pretends yes. as if he is commenting on the world but this is the old paradigm the new paradigm the postmodern paradigm is like oh no 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 you talk about your preferences you're, you're talking about yeah. your perceptions and yeah. you could do this differently right and so he's kind of reinforcing um the perspectives that he creates above the world and pretends oh no that has nothing to do with him but this is still a modern kind of way of approaching oh no i'm just commenting on the world nobody is just commenting anymore and so it's like the the constructive aspect is like oh no with with our perceptions with our distinctions and our um, you know uh, um, what's the word um, with our acts we we create the world we are living in and this is like hugely constructive there's nothing nihilist about this it's quite the opposite because every speech act creates worlds and if you like. And that then self-authorship and construct awareness from, from Cook Reuter starts, you know, the idea that, oh no, if we are just aware of how we think and how, if we are aware of how we speak, then we are aware of the, the worlds we are creating with it. And that's the dance you do with other people and the world. There's no nihilism in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess, okay, yeah, maybe I'm holding on to some essentialist view of things or something. Maybe that's it's a tendency of mine. Um, but I guess the idea, the, the, the idea is, is, a, is a dynamism. Right. Um, right, so, so that, so that there, there isn't these essential um, uh, archetypes. There are these dynamic archetypes in movement, um, which are shifting, changing, you know, even our memories of things are always changing. So there's no actual like, like history can't be absolutized in any way, because whatever our memory is of the past now is, is shifting and changing and history is shifting and changing. So there's always this. Uh -huh. But then again, is there anything that we can pin down and say? You know, this is real. I mean, it depends. Yeah, I mean, what it depends what you mean with essential. Because if you look into the deep history of humankind, like a like an image, like a woman gives birth, and the man protects the woman, that's an archetypal essential image. You yeah. can't change that, and so it's you like can't and change that's, that. Yeah, and that's that's because it happens all the time, everywhere, and it's such a deep part of our psyche. You know, this image, depend independently of that. It, that is also like connected to our biology for sure. But like from the psychological viewpoint, that's a that's such an essential image of of our of our mimetic like upbringing, right? And then, Good, there you okay. have, and there you have a he heroic archetype that is essential in that sense, right? So we're on the same page here, then. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's the biological sort of realities, you know, which. People are seem to be really gung ho about um, trying to bend and break and distort and again, again, and, I think and, and make it make it all up, right? It's 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 I think it's more complicated because even from the postmodernist view, even um, the notion of um, you know the bio biological realm, even if if it's there, even if you can say, yeah, there is a um, biological realm. The only way you can um, know about it is because you create the mental concept of it. 
and that's structurally you, coupled. you create the mental construct of it yeah you have to, a baby doesn't know anything about by the biological substrate it has to learn this mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right it is a learned yeah. although there is biology you still have to learn it and as an adult self-authoring kind of person you have to be able to hold both perspectives and your two hands that it's yes it's a real reality and yes you only know this because you have learned this concept yeah and it's, it's it's a real reality um it's it's still provisional like in other words everything is sort of provisional <laughs> um right you know everything is is kind of provisional nothing can be pinned down to any any absolute frozen static state the best example that I think Ernst von Glasersfeld, this is like this famous German systems theorist, and he talks about the boundary that we draw between our inner world and the outer world, right? And mm -hmm. you can't, it's really hard to pinpoint where exactly that boundary is. When you close your eyes and you think, oh, that's inside and that's outside. And he argues a child doesn't know that, like a like an infant like a baby mm -hmm. doesn't have inside and outside there's no inside no. and outside exactly it's a learned boundary mm -hmm. right it's a learned yeah. boundary and it's like and that he uses it as as example for basically all distinctions that we draw it's like the way it's like a, a child doesn't know what a door is a baby it has to learn the concept of oh there's a hole in the wall and i can go through it and I reach, that's a concept. Yeah. That doesn't yeah. mean that there is not a door, but it means the baby. And so it's the term for this is object permanence, you know, because for yeah, the a child, there's object permanence that, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's like the, the child learns, okay, that door is like, I can't go through and it stays like this before. So the, 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 the visual field and the, the central field is just a blur for the, for the, for the infant. And it has to learn, and that doesn't mean that the subject or the biological is not there, but for the individual, it is acquired concepts. And if you're going back to Nietzsche mm -hmm. and all of this, it's like, if you have somebody like Russell Brand talking about the world, it's like, no, it's not that easy. It's it's his prevalences. It's, you know what I mean, <clears throat> about observing. Yeah, but what are you suggesting, Russell? How, do you, how are you suggesting Russell Brand recalibrate um, I like his 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 view. Should he not comment on the world as if it was an objective thing? Oh, no, he... he he long ago fell fell off the cliff. There's nothing he can do to to redeem himself. It's really that. <laughs> I mean, it's like because because he's like too too tongued. You know, he says like, oh, he's all spiritual and and wisdom teachings, and then he pretends if you know if the modernist world is real, and so it's like. Oh no, that's weird. That doesn't that that that's lacking internal coherence. Mm -hmm. Okay, because he's not he's not acting on that which he supposedly knows about the world. Well, I was thinking about journalism actually, and I was thinking right. about how journalism is mostly fake, right? It's it's mostly does that, right? It's mostly creates a false kind of object permanence, right? It says this is right. this and this is that and this is yeah. that and this is the other thing. And it, it also creates divisions between people. It creates categories about what's happening in the world. It does all these things. Um, and maybe there are some journalism, but what is lacking in journalism is the soul. You know, this is what I was, you know, which is a ridiculous word to many people. But but I was thinking about the difference between if, if I'm engaged in a writing project and I say, okay, this is alive, this has soul. Or a music that has soul. And this is a simulacrum. This is an opinion. This is a this is mere political commentary. This is just blah blah blah, right? Right. We're not really curious or interested. We're just giving you know. We're just we're just siding with one group against the other. We're 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 kind of in the cultural war, and and uh, we've we've got a team, and we're going for our team. But but all that is fake, right? It's all it's all kind of fake. In, in the sense that it's not real. It's not really music. It's it's more like opinionating. Right. So I was so so I was thinking like, okay, how do you do journalism with soul? And I think there's probably some soulful journalism out there. Um, but but I but I but most of it doesn't doesn't cut it. 
Well, it's, it's like, again, uh, Luhmann, his last book, Nicholas Luhmann, the German sociologist, yeah. and his last book was The Reality of the Mass Media. And t that was like 97, maybe, 90, or 95, I don't know. Like, And so he says that the age of the journalist who describes, who attempts to uh, describe the world objectively, that is, it's over. Because now we know that media... Is, a, is also like an autopoetic system. It's creating stories. It's creating uh, um, narratives for the sole purpose that you can create more narratives. And mm. so, and so the environment, the journalist, you know, they they're kind of perpetuating the system. But his famous words are, you know, everything. Uh, the first words from the book, you know, everything that we know about the world, we know through mass media. And so he describes the system that is kind of, kind of void of soul, what you might mean, you know, and this is like, mm -hmm. okay, that that's the age of uh, profilicity that, you know, it's like, it's, it's the age of spin. It's like, it, it doesn't. So the, there's a very famous German uh, journalist who says that in, in the United States, um, the journalists are expect to have ideological biases and, and expect to appear as educators. And that is like a huge shift of the paradigm of journalism, let's say from 100 years ago, where you are supposed mm -hmm. to not be not biased, you know, supposed to... Uh, Speak truth uh, to power or whatever. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, whatever. But this is not the paradigm anymore. The paradigm is... Oh no, it's 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 uh, arbitrary constructions in a kind of way, and so you, the uh, journalists have to be biased ideologically, you know. To but isn't that a recipe for pure evil in a way? Like if there is no truth um, claim anywhere, you know, I, I don't know. I just like that. Isn't that the whole fake news thing? Isn't that the whole idea of uh, you know the the performative contradiction. There's no truth yet. I'm declaring an absolute truth here that there's no Absolutely. truth. Um, uh, yeah. I think yeah. that's the dark side of it, you know, um, because I mean, there's obviously some truth to the claim of Luhmann, but that doesn't. But this is also the the kind of the reason why fake news. Was he and... celebrating that? Huh? Was he celebrating that? Sorry, no, I interrupted he, uh, you. Yeah. No, no, he was a sociologist. He was just describing it. Describing it. He was describing how media or social systems in general are operating. Like he was describing the autopoiesis, this self-organizing, self-creating self mechanism. He was not. And that was like before the advent of social media. That was like, again, 96. There was no fake news like kind of problem that we have now it was just no he was just looking how the system works and so he was like one of the first ones who did this with media and so and but you can see why why there is a problem with fake news because of that very mechanism and i think um you know you can't get rid of media as a system but you have to kind of go with it and find a new way to to operate you know, like to yeah, to... yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what I was struggling with. You know, in writing my blog, well, I mean, I the reason I thought of it was that I I started oh, a few years ago. I was writing this blog and it got kind of popular, and I was commenting on Rebel Wisdom and things like that. And I was writing about Jordan Peterson and people like that, or just you know, cultural figures, uh, intellectuals on YouTube, and and I kind of I was just ranting on 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 medium basically about my feelings for the day and and um and then i stopped doing it because it felt like i was being captured myself and becoming a voice in the cultural war right right and and uh and i didn't want to be that i it, it felt like that's where the loss of soul <laughs> came in right yeah suddenly i was so so i used to write songs and i used to write in this very creative exploratory well i still had the the beginner mind you know, and as soon as I started to have to try to say something about something about somebody about something, you know, uh, and and I was I was expected to comment on what Daniel Schmachtenberg thinks, or <laughs> then I then, you know then I then I I I recoiled very strongly against that. Um, I couldn't do it. But then this leaves me in a place where okay, how do how do I how how does I guess this is parallax, right? I, how do we speak? Uh, 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 in in this new, how do we speak with with actual soul soulless soulfulness in this particular environment? 
Right. And so what I exactly, because I mean, I, um, there's this guy, I talked about him before, uh, this Professor Möller from the University of Macau. And he also talks about this paradigm shift. You know, we're talking about in this podcast, you know, call it mm. eons or paradigms or modernity, postmodernity, metamodernity, whatever. And so for him, it's the, um, it's, it's the um, transformation of the age of authenticity to the age of profilicity. So in modernity, you were like, oh, no, we, we like to... Uh, talk like authentically about the world about ourselves right and that completely with social media that kind of changed and now it's not about truthfulness and you know truth and authentic authenticity it's about profile building and as soon as you engage in twitter or whatever it's like you cre you create this kind of mechanism where everything you say You, you, you're operating under the paradigm and the incentive that everything that you say should add to your so, to your profile and to your and, profile and also you're you're fighting with good opinion you know right you're, exactly. fight, you're fighting with whatever people believe you're fighting with the egregores right. of uh, of the the society you're struggling with them right and you're trying to put your voice in like okay and you have and to you're vulnerable to being attacked because you you because you you might slip up so you have to be very careful about how you how you do it right and 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 you're working under the incentive to comment on schmachtenberger or rebel wisdom or whatever because you're entering you can't you can't really leave that social strata that social field the social you know kind of sense of how to deal up you know and with the world and and i think you're completely right what what we're doing with parallax is like Okay, let's let's play with this. Let's try to find the authenticity in 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 our kind of cultural context and oscillate between you know profile because we're also doing profile building here now. Yeah, yeah, we don't want to be naive or anything. No, right? no, it's you like know. you know we 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 explicitly say this. This is parallax. This is profile building, right? Yeah. But at the same time, at the same time, we try to bring something else to the thing instead of just um, being against you know you know opinionated bullshit you know and so yeah it's it's, it's both and we try to yeah because hmm? sorry yes because there's there's there is a, a sort of a there's these again i call I, i can't think of a better word for them than egregores right right you know they, they they look to be authentic right they appear authentic you know like the intellectual deep web you know a bunch of smart guys Dark web, sorry, the intellectual dark web. It was originally called a bunch of super smart guys getting together and they have conversations and then they create an egregore. In other words, they create a set of beliefs. Uh, you know, it's a sort of a right wing liberal left, uh, you know, liberal anti leftist movement, you know, which has a lot of good things to say. But then there then talking points are created and, and, and one just sort of repeats those talking points. And then there are parasitical or you know, uh, people who hang, hang on to that story in a parasitical way and kind of repeat those talking points and blah, blah, blah. And then, then you have a something very uninteresting that started off as something a little bit, you know, provocative. And then it becomes just a, just a, a another, it becomes a symptom, you know, as they say in the Jewish tradition, it becomes a shell. It becomes a, it becomes a hardened, reified set of concepts, which people, You know, people identify with in order to have some tribal familiarity, in order to feel right. cool, and all those things. But there's no thinking going on there anymore. Right. It, it's there's it's no like feeling the, either. Yeah, it's the the condensed tower. It's like the the fixed structure. And I think, uh, and and you know, because I think again, going back to to the series on magic, it's about how we create realities. But it's not an ending process because we have to be aware. That everything which we which we do like talk about and uh, form cognitions about these are like constructions, you know, and and you have yeah, to and they fall apart. Yeah, but you have to engage with those constructions in a kind of way. But mm -hmm, at the same mm -hmm. time, no, no, there are constructions, and you, it's like it's like you have to have the co cognitive complexity to um, stop pretending that that what you're commenting about is not the real world. You know, it's like you have to pre you have to do as you have to act in a way as to pretend that what you're saying is true wh while knowing that it's not. And that is like a kind of paradox. And you have to hold that paradox. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, that mm -hmm. it's like, oh, yes. no, that's the 
that's just my you know it's uh, it's my way of being in the world but it doesn't mean it's necessarily true right it i doesn't have it. an ultimate it doesn't have an ultimate reality it's like a good artist is able to use a lot of masks they don't they don't make their personality the center or who they they don't have any uh, uh, like even the authentic ones like so there's something you know like bruce springsteen his image is authenticity and that's completely fake <laughs> you know of, of course uh, uh, and, and, but but yet but yet there is authenticity in his music mm -hmm. but the but the, but the but the persona that he's 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 uh, pro projecting is theatrical um it's not real even though it pretends to be authentic like he's like a working guy or something from america where he's he's nothing of the sort um yeah it's beautiful what you say because that's one of the I think major stepping stones in meditation that you realize, oh no, there's nobody at home. Everything yes. that I construct about my, everything that I know about myself are constructions like condensed memories and, you know, reactivated reactivated feelings and you know, but there is nothing there. It's like, and that is a truly shocking moment from meditation when you look so deep into the abyss that you think, and then the abyss looks back to recount Nietzsche again because there is no, there's nobody at home. There's mm -hmm. no essential uh, Andrewness within you or an essential Tomness which is in me. No, it's just it's just an autopoetic process of creating images and feelings and everything. And yet it's not, it's like a fractal, and yet it's not completely without form either in the sense that uh, it's, it's, it appears, right? You know, because, you know, I, was, I mean, I'm thinking of, of, of emptiness in, in Buddhism is like mere emptiness is is thought of as, as a mistaken view or, or, or just right. apophatic nothingness. Yes, is is not the full view it's it's kind of that's where you get stuck in nihilism there's no thing there's nothing right. uh, everything everything exactly. is is empty etc etc you they, they call that attaching to emptiness or, or whatever the next stage after the apophatic nothingness no thingness right is again luminosity um is 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 that the we we still exist in a dense array of forms of expression uh, you know they're they're dynamic but they're still they're still forms they're mandalas they still have shapes and and uh um, yeah and they express yeah, yeah. themselves and there's a playful expressiveness to that exactly and so that's why i lo love the concept of autopoiesis because if you look inside you have this process that brings form all these forms forth all these forms, you know, self-images, images about the world and memes and theories and memories and feelings mm -hmm. and brings forth in a con continuous flow of bringing forth form. But that and, and, and this is counterbalanced by the void. And so you yes. have to you have to hold both. You know, there is you could say, yes, I am this bringing forth of form. But at the same time, there's nothing else there. There's no. You know, there is no little glowing ball of gold, which is Andrew inside. That is, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, you, you can't, you can't reify. I like to use the word soul. You can't reify the soul as something. Right. Um, you know, I like the word soul because it's unfashionable and kind of weird. We talk about psyche a lot because psyche is is the mind and mental mental things, but the soul is the embodied. I think of it as the embodied reality, and I think of it as the direction of the going in the future. Of our, right. I think of it as this the, the becoming. Because right. there's a becoming, there's a process of becoming, uh, and yeah. then there's the empty, and then there's also just the, and also and also there's nowhere to be and nowhere to go and nothing. There is no thing, and at, at the same time, there's a process of becoming. Right. So, so it's always paradoxical, right? Right. And so I, I talk in the series about the system drift, you know, because the place of becoming. So again, Nietzsche, and I think I, you um, you mentioned, you, it's like in the introduction, I talk about the process of integration, right? And so there was the mm -hmm. God image and, and Nietzsche, let's simplify the killed him. And says, okay, now we're striving for the for the Superman, for the Overman. But that was nothing that, oh no, we should do it. That was like just a, a plain statement of fact that every that there is a system drift, that that there is something which um Peter Sloterdijk, the German philosopher, calls a vertical tension, that there's like a point 
in in the future that like attracts like um like a gravitational pull we, we're going there and it's not yeah. yet clear what it is and so we are always like future driven we are always you know this autopoetic process drifts uh, in this in this creation of imagery and of all of this um drifts in a certain way of becoming of 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 being in the world you know what i'm saying and so it's like but yeah it's, that's evolutionary process right yes exactly kind of, i think is what you're talking about evolution just is a is a constant messy experiment with forms um, yeah there's a system you know. drift exactly that that, that in, in 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 a long view as like let's say galaxies drift out of each other and and kind of differentiate and mm -hmm. Merge towards their ultimate form, which is never achieved, basically. But there is a drift, and so also our evolutionary form as conscious beings drifts in a certain kind of way, always creating like a perfect form, and always, you know, shedding that form in favor of a new form, you know. And so, yeah. The, so yeah, I was thinking of the Book of Job in the Bible, and and so so Job is the perfect man; he has everything. So the reason that he has to lose everything is because of his perfection. Right. Um, uh, and that's what happens is when, if, because he has no soul. If you're perfect, you have no soul because the soul is a state of dynamic becoming. Right. Um, so I was thinking that, you know, Job lose every, loses everything and, um, and goes in the Job archetype is, is kind of built into the nature of reality. It's like, okay, you have a crisis. Uh-huh. And then you have a struggle, yeah. And then, and then you have a new vision of the whale or the leviathan, or you know, you have a new vision, okay. And then that becomes reified as something that you think is real and, and is solid, and and and, and you, you know, the, uh, the and then and then you have to go through that whole Job process again. Um, yeah. Uh, but I also learned something about the Job story is that the, the 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 happy ending, you know, where he gets everything back and God's like nice. Was was actually a later addition um, to the story. So 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 Job doesn't. When Job loses everything, he doesn't get anything back. He doesn't get his old life back, or or he doesn't go to heaven and meet his relatives. And you know he doesn't. He just he just he he, he his perspective has 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 changed so radically that he can now that 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 whatever whatever circumstance he's in. He's in connection to his soul, uh, right. uh, no matter what that circumstance it is. So, so uh, anyway, you know, it's uh, lovely. You know what I always find so interesting, and I think that was the the you know instigating idea that I had for this series that there are like phenomenon, uh, phenomena that were like traditionally describable only through religion and spirituality. Yeah. But there are some things that you, you I I don't think that you can. Completely describe the whole corpus of magic with terms of philosophy and psychology and let's say system theory, but you can describe a huge chunk of it, you know. And so that that was the idea to approach, you know, phenomena like what you just described, you know, where, where you use like a kind of religious language. You can you you can also describe it with complexity theory or systems theory with, with evolutionary terms in a kind of way and it's on and, and with psychology and so to approach this this you know mm. this the kind of corpus of magic um and to to find a language that is more modern in a kind of way and describe it because like we're talking yeah. about the same we were talking about the same thing and i think there's value in um in in the corpus per se but and also the argument that i made like Magic is not only 150 years old, it's like 2000 years old. It went through iterations, right? And so like from the Mithraitic cults over to alchemy to magic with a K. So there's like a iteration of like every, every 150, 200, 300 years, a new language is applied, a new iteration. It's like the same thing. The old forms are getting shedded in forms of a new mm. form, of a new way of describing it. And so there's yeah. also like an autopoetic process within magic itself, right? Where yeah. where it drifts in time. And so it's it's the same thing. It's like it's like the myth of Job um attributed to magic as a system. And so there's sure. there's a 
there's a thing or to alchemy on. or to everything right uh, yeah and i and, this and so, is kind of why i stick to these old stories is because because they're they're infinitely subtle um so they you can be trapped in a mythological view of them right yeah where you just say this is it's like a children's story right a harry potter thing a fairy tale and and uh or you can or you can keep keep the the thing about that the, these these old stories is they keep giving you a new they keep undressing themselves and giving you a new dimension of reality making reality more naked and more so so you can work with the old stories i think still and and i i i i tend to go in the opposite direction of what as as what you're describing because i think we are trying to scientize philosophize psychologize everything today right and there is something kind of soulless about that because we make it technical right and so 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 i think going back to let's say the the mythopoetics of it uh, kind of balances that that um you know ma masculine autistic desire to put everything in in you know in boxes and 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 in uh you know bullet points and and slides and, you know just trying to trying to no, but but on the other hand, of course, the, the you know the 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 and again, science, and also to point out that science also brings these poetic metaphors as, as well, and, and they can they can all dance with each other, like like oh, um, autopoiesis and th things like like that. Um, but I like the old the resonance of the old of old magic words and old magic stories, and I like the deep 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 resonance of, of that, right. Um, um you yeah, know no, I, I was I, reading I, Andrew Cohn's book and I, I liked it. I it was fine. But but he was using a very modern language. I I I I thought it's too uh uh too modern. <laughs> um it would be enriched by by more mystery, by more um mythopoetics, by more anyway. No, no, I get that. I completely I mean like sure. Um, I think that's perfectly valuable that approach. I was just like my my uh, point from which to you know my my angle was just like I, I was looking at at the history of magic and let's say let's yeah. just the last five hundred years and so there there are iterations that are, they have nothing to do with me. It's like okay, I, it's my prevalence to observe it like this, but let's pretend there was an evolution in the system of magic and you could see that there were there were like some mechanisms so, so the al alchemical process was like, okay let's let's actually try to change uh, 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 the metals in order to get to gold and to purify our soul mm -hmm. and then and then you have like these things with john d and and eliphas levy and crowley and like in the different centuries and you can see clear demarcations between these different iterations if you look at the writings you could see they gradually becoming more and more and more psychologically sound right it's like right. they get more precise what what actually happens and so it's not about actually changed in the metals it's something about yourself and then but... suddenly no no let me let me just finish and then suddenly you come to crowley's magic and like magic and theory and practice and you could see that psychology today still is feeding off of the kind of insights that he had like let's say like um um what's the, what's this book called uh, integral psychology von wilbur that's basically a remake of a crowley book called lieber 777 it's the same thing and so psychological psych, psychology is like kind mm -hmm. of feeding off and 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 so what what i feel like that the language from crowley still works but you you can you can give a bend to it you can precise some things because we we have developed the language of let's say constructivism to better understand like how how uh, why a ritual works it doesn't mean you know it's like why does it why did we develop a need for ritual and why does it work and so we have a pre more precise language and and what i try to do is like give give the language of magic a little bit of a of a spin so so we can so it's more adapted to where we are now right mm -hmm. and so that was mm -hmm. just my angle that doesn't mean that your angle is kind of wrong it's like oh, no no i was not criticizing your angle at all i, I think it was more like a complimentary 
um, difference than, right, than that right. criticism. And my but is though, my but is though, when we make everything explicit, you know, I I mean, um, um, you know, again, Ken Wilber, great genius, beautiful man. His writing is la is lacking in that. It's it, it's very technical or something, right? He's very feeling as well, but he doesn't. He, but but I feel like he 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 takes on the scientific worldview, um, um, and and psychology, and and while he's aware of of all of the the, and, and he he embraces the the spiritual path of mysticism. You he we lose something when we make things explicit, uh, like like uh, um, when we make when we when we. Or I don't know how to say that. So the but was like, okay, yes, we're getting more technically able to understand certain things, and this is just the advance of knowledge. And then we're also losing something at the same time. Like we're yeah, losing I, our ability to think mythopoetically and to think, you know, think symbolically and to think in terms of, um, you know, observing our dreams and, and that kind of thing. I would say yes and no to this because yeah i understand where you're coming from but you know it's like what i'm trying to do or what i try to do is look at the the term occult in itself it means there's always something you know which is opaque there's always something yes. known and there's always something opaque and what does it like how could you how could you understand this opaqueness um which which still persists but how could you understand it from a philosophical or psychological point of view? And so if you, if you, let's say, if you, if you turn your attention to future as a concept, this is like one mm -hmm. example, right? You there's, so my, my argument is, and it also comes from, from psychology that, you know, the invention of future was one of the greatest invention uh, of humankind. You know, we, we stepped out of the garden of the infinite now, and there's suddenly a concept of the future. And the yes, future yes. Is always has like this dual nature. It can bring forth absolute glory and peace and joy and life. But it can also like kind of bring the absolute unexpected, which is able to completely destroy you. And so in, 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 in this matrix of possibilities, this future kind of concept, there's an opaqueness in there, you know, which is like able to manifest in its kind of way and you know it it, mm -hmm. it just you know what i mean it's like the the yeah. occult there's the future is still occult in a kind of way oh yeah I'm, so and it's like and it's what 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 peterson called the, the wrestle with chaos if you if you have a goal you you set out to do something then you invoke then then you invoke the occult then you invoke the future because you don't know what will happen on the path towards the goal? What kind of dreams come? Which kind of images come? What kinds of obstacles are coming? And so the occult, the opaque thing is still there, but it's like it's framed differently. You know what I'm saying? And that's like mm -hmm. the phallic, phallic kind of approach. So because like the, it, it depends on where you set your fixed star on what kind of phenomena will... Uh, will emerge and occur because mm -hmm. if you choose a different goal then something other will pop out the occult the the, the future right yeah yeah sure mm -hmm. mm. yeah I, mean, I was uh, i was thinking when you're talking when you're talking about the, the the conflict between jung and freud and, and when you you know uh freud accused jung of sort of like uh, of uh opening up the doors of the 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 black tide of the occult or, or something like that that's what he he said because he yeah. wanted he wanted he 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 was still working in a realm where they believed in sort of this rational progress right right he still had a he still had a utopian view of rational progress um i think yeah. And, and young and young was like no that's that's where i want to look in that in that in that dark occult like that's um so there's i think there's i mean they're both they both have they're both right in a way it's not like they 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 split in terms of their friendship but in another way they they had to go in, in the way they had to go and and, and freud kind of laid out the pleasure principle pretty well um 
but then the next step right is 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 um you know the next step is is kind of like is 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 kind of like going from proposition to to, to magic and and music and, and 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 dream and which which is kind of like the phallic is there but it also is is bringing the holy spirit of the feminine into into a dance with it itself right you know what's interesting the interesting is that you know the split between freud and jung that's exactly what we're talking about in terms of you know the paradigm shift because it's not about who was right you know yeah. uh, about it's like it's about no there is this bio biological biological reality and then there's the construction aspect of it and it's like you have to hold them both in your hands and so they're both they're jung and freud you know are, are true at the same time and this is like a paradoxical thing and you have to hold them in your hand both you know what i'm saying and that kind true of and opposite of this even if they seem to contradict each other they're still true or even if they do or, or both whatever. are true both are true and they're both not true and it's like you know mm -hmm. and they're, they're both true in some sense let's go back at this you know so and yeah. and 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 this kind of reflects you know um you know but it's interesting where we are hmm? well it's interesting because freud was very serious about being empirical and being a scientist and we know now that what is interesting about Freud is not his his irrational empiricism; it's his <laughs> wild speculation, right? Yeah, that's true. And mm. complete occultism. Um, and also, and 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 Jung. It turns out when you read Jung, although he expressed himself in this very occult, bizarre way, and he's he's very hard to read, and he's probably wasn't as good a writer as, as Jung. He was just sort of recording what was going on in his. Um, and he's very medieval or something. So. So it appears that Jung was very, very, very occult or something, or like a mystic. Yeah. But, but, but Jung was often just recording dreams of schizophrenic patients. Like yeah. he was a clinical, he was in there and doing the science. Uh, so, so it's so in a way, there's there's a contradiction there too. Is like the guy who's supposed to be the empiricist and the rationalist or whatever turns out to be sort of animated by the occult and the su supposed occultist is being very kind of like um empirical like yin and yang super interesting yeah yeah mm -hmm. super interesting and then, and then they fight with each other that, that, that they always and there's this split right yeah which always happens too which is interesting like this the, the Cain and Abel thing happens right right right, right whereas where where they there's too much identification Mm. So the two of them are too close and there's this identification and there needs to get to a point where they have enough distance from each other where they can fully or at least Jung had to distance himself from Freud and Freud had to say go out in the, the wilderness <laughs> to Jung yeah. it should have been more gay I think and the problem would have been solved very easily yeah yeah yeah, I think, yeah. I, I, think, I think Freud was more gay than Jung. Well, no, I don't know. Jung was kind of, he had a lot of women around him. Jung had a lot of women around not, him all the time. Not gay enough, Andrew. Not gay enough. I'm telling you. Not gay enough. Yeah, but Freud was very sympathetic to gay people for his time. He was, he was kind of. The world would, would be completely different if they were just plowing, you know, plowing each other. And, and you know. Um, and yeah, the Greeks and the Romans knew about that. Yeah, yeah, but imagine and 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 Willem Reich in the middle as a judge, you know, it's like as an uh, orgiastic judge, um, just like oh no, Sigmund, go go harder on Carl, you know, <laughs> go harder. <laughs> they should have just fucked each other, like that's that's what I'm talking about. They mm. would have been okay. That there were people, the you know, men, more men should have sex with each other, even yeah. if they're not gay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but maybe. imagine how, uh, imagine I'm how not that interested in that. I'm an old man. I, I don't need to go there. But maybe when I was a young guy, I think that would have been a good thing for me to have more sex with men. No, but you know this game of sexual innuendo. No, who's on top? So Sigmund fucking uh 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 Carl Jung and uh, uh Alvarez, who's on top and who's the bottom? Who's the bottom? Yeah. I I think I think Sigmund really liked to be on top. But but he had a secret desire to be on the a bottom at the same time. So 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 Carl is on top or what? Carl Carl is ends up to be on top, and it starts off with Sigmund just going at him, right? 
That's just, maybe it's a, the circle of life that goes all around. Sigmund <laughs> is just going bomb, 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 bomb with the rationality and the bomb, yeah. bomb, bomb. Yeah, he plows and then, and, and then and then he kind of gets exhausted of his yeah, of he, his rationality, and then and then and then finally, finally, he, um, he uh, give Carl, in. Carl can Carl can can get on top, right? Mm. And give him but, what he really needs. I think we you can see it. where my biases are, but yeah, no, I think we settled it. You know, good, good, good that we solved that issue. <laughs> indeed, indeed, yeah.